Someone once said, worship is the weekly opportunity to practice not being God. I like it. It's a countercultural thought in a world where God knows that many of us, include me on the list, sometimes run around acting like or treating other people like we are God. If we pay any attention at all, of course, there are all kinds of reminders all around us, which remind us all the time that that is not at all true, as in, for example, when we try to decide at nine o'clock in the morning whether or not it's going to be icy at 6.30 in the evening. We are not God. Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Those are the words spoken on Ash Wednesday, oftentimes as ashes are smudged on foreheads, cruciform, in the shape of a cross. Some of you took ashes to go and have them with you at home. Most of you probably don't. In either case, with or without ashes, I invite you to make a sign of the cross on your forehead. Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Remember you are dust. In the context of scripture, those words recall Genesis 2, and God miraculously creating the very first human from the dust of the earth. Science, though of course using science languages, we would certainly hope science would do, takes it even further with the observation that the elements that make up both us and the earth that births us were themselves actually birthed as the dusty residue of ancient, ancient, ancient exploding stars. We, science tells us this, we and the earth that birthed us are literally birthed as stardust. Scripture then maintains in the language scripture likes to use, the language of faith, that God is the creator of the stars. Scripture then maintains in another one of its favorite languages, the language of purpose and meaning, that the purpose of life is not for me to transcend who I am in order sometime to, somehow to outgrow who I am, in order somehow to attain to divinity, but rather to become fully who I am by attaining to the fullness of my humanity which according to places in scripture like Genesis 2 can only fully be attained in loving and trusting and obeying the God who surely is the God that I surely am not. I invite you to trace the cross on your forehead again. Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Dust in the form of ashes, also in scripture, is used to symbolize sorrow, including oftentimes specifically sorrow for sin, which invites us into another main theme of Ash Wednesday and Lent, that being the theme of repentance, turning to God to speak the sorrowful truth that in the things I've done and in things I could have done but didn't, I have sinned, I have chosen to be other than the full human I was created to be by instead loving and trusting and obeying not God, the creator of the stars and me, but rather 
whoever in hell or in my own head I have too often loved to listen to and obey instead. I invite you to trace the sign of the cross on your forehead again. Remember your dust. And to dust you shall return. Those words remind me that being human and a sinner, well, you want to talk about not being God? Then let's talk about this. I have an expiration date, and so do you. For life on this earth is not something we've been given for forever. It is something, rather, which the Lord of forever has given to us for a time. The dust which in God's hands becomes us, in other words, is the very same thing which we, in our time, will once again become as we then do, as we then all surely will, return whence we came. Earth to earth, earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It's a sobering truth, surely. And it is meant to be sobering, clearly. But let me be clear though about the fact that in the case of Ash Wednesday, sobering is not at all meant to be the same thing as depressing, but rather the opposite of that. For the sobering truth of our mortality and our sin are in fact precisely the dust, the soil upon which this Lenten season we once again watch the one who is both God and us walk in perfect love and trust and obedience to a cross. And as he walks, he turns to look at us. And as he looks at us, he says, follow me. Follow me to see that sin, including the sin that is your sin, and me is forgiven. Follow me to see that the dead, including the dead that you one day will be, in me are raised. Follow me to see too what by the power of the Spirit is yours to be and yours to do each and every day of this life, not because you are God, but because now and unto forever, you are beloved of God. You are not God. You are created by God. And you're beloved of God. I invite you, if you happen to have some water on hand, recall that promise that was poured out in you in your baptism. You are not God. You are beloved of God. By way of growing into that direction, by way of growing into love, because that too is something Lent invites us to do. What this Lent, to the glory of God and to the loving purposes of God, might you do? Is there something you might give? Is there something you might give up? Is there something you might forgive? Is there something you might forego? 
Is there something at long last you will forget? Leave behind, no longer to define you or condemn you or attempt to shame you. For you, finally, this day, this season, will at last believe in Christ. It is forgiven. Amen.